Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Passion Harvest. We aim to inspire you to live a passionate life. I'm really excited about my guest today. Um, And if you like this episode, please subscribe to this channel. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. And my guest today is Jessica Goh. Jessica is the creator of Life in Confidence. Jess specializes in trauma release, personality readings, energy healing, and cultivating a magical mindset. Wow, that sounds awesome. She facilitates your inner power, potency, and potential through a combination of deliveries, through her workshops, retreats, and courses. This is her story, and this is her passion. Jess or Jessica, welcome to Passion Harvest. Hey, thank you. (laughs) So is it Jess? I'll just call you Jess, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, either. Wow, wow. I can't, I've got so many questions to ask you, but I, I, I'd like to find out, if you don't mind, how did you get on this path? How, you know, this healing and, you know, inspiring others and creating a life in confidence? That's a really great question. I really feel that um, the, how things came about in my life has drawn me to this path. So I guess just to give you a brief background, uh, the way I was brought up, obviously I come from an Asian culture and um, in that culture, I've learnt a lot of faulty beliefs uh, that weren't mine. And the beliefs that I subscribed to back then was that I'm not good enough, I'm stupid, um, that women are second class, that we're slaves, we're servants, we're um, subservient or submissive, obedient, um, that we should suppress our sexuality and our femininity, we can't be ourselves, we have to be tough and on the go, go, go. And that's how I was trained. And I came from a family where there was a lot of abuse going on, domestic violence, uh, bullying that I had directed from my dad. Um, He would say that you're stupid, you're useless, all these things if I don't understand the timetables or if I'm not working or don't want to work for him uh, because we had a family business selling tools on the weekends in the markets and we had to manage a shop in a warehouse. And uh, I just witnessed the abuse that my mum was choosing to tolerate. So I didn't feel like I had a healthy role model in my life to show me how to be a woman who can radiate femininity and confidence from the heart. And it was a real struggle for me because um, I was sexually abused by my uncle and I just felt so shut down and numbed out from all the pain that I was going through in that household that I just didn't know who I was anymore. And at 29, uh, that's when I hit rock bottom in my life. I'm now 33. And at that point, I was dating a married man. Uh, I had a dress business back then and I sold two investment properties to fund that business. And I was scammed twice um, through a property scam online and I lost um, all of my money and I only had $100 left in my bank account. So at that point, 
I'm like, oh my goodness, like, you know, how did I manifest this? And I had my last coaching session uh, with my first coach and she said to me that you did this to yourself. And when I heard those words, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that to myself. Like that was the first time I've actually believed in the truth of what was happening rather than my own stories and victims and lies about how everyone's causing me pain. And so from then onwards, I've realized that, you know what, so many people need this. So many people are suffering just like myself. It may not be the same intensity, it may be worse, but I know there's so many people out there who do need help, who do need the support, who do need to be guided to where they need to be. And that's, that's discovering their own truth by letting go of these faulty beliefs that we subscribe to in the first eight years of life um, called conditioning and how can we honor and respect what's inside of our hearts. Wow, that's a lot to take in. My gosh, what a journey you've had to at this point in time when I'm talking to you. You mentioned also about the Asian culture and I don't disagree, but I also find... um, the way that women are portrayed within, will I call it European society or many cultures, that the women is a second-class citizen, and um, the women the women needs to be selfless, and that is the role of a woman to support the man. So I don't necessarily think it's only Asian cultures. Um, but mm-hmm. what what a journey! And I, when you were talking about your you know your family environment. I can imagine how hard it would be for you to express that. You know, there's a lot of shame when we talk about our family, if things aren't perfect as they're meant to be, you know, from the movies in a, in a real life situation, everyone wants everything to be perfect, but to express that, that, you know, it wasn't perfect and there was a lot of trauma and abuse. So I can't imagine how challenging, obviously this is not, maybe not the first time you've talked about it, but how challenging that and, and liberating that must be for you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, When I started to do trauma release work and came about it, uh, which is core energetics, that's the modality. Uh, When I started doing it, I'm like, whoa, I felt a deep sense of freedom. I was letting go of the anguish and pain that I was holding onto into my life that is no longer there. I felt like a new woman. I felt freedom, emotional freedom. I feel expansive. And I feel like, wow, this is very powerful stuff. This is something that I do need to share uh, with my clients. And, it, you know, it's not just about one-to-one private coaching or have a strategy in place or to be intuitive. It's more than that. You need to um, integrate the shadow work and the light work together for you to, be, to uh, experience the best outcome in your journey to you. And if you don't mind, I want to ask about your family relationship now, but also speaking about about our environmental impact as we're growing up and, you know, as we're mature adults, thinking about your father, it could also be a generational impact. Potentially that was the way he was taught to raise children and potentially that was how he was raised himself. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. My dad, he was bullied and so was my mom in their household. And uh, they come from uh, siblings of uh, 12, 12 siblings each. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. gosh. <laughs> so my mom was the oldest, um, or the eldest and my, 
uh, dad was the youngest. Okay, big responsibilities. And do you have a relationship with them now? Well, my dad passed away when I was 22 and I still have a relationship with my mum. I don't really have a relationship with my brother. I don't feel that uh, brotherly sister, sister love with him. Um, I guess he was groomed um, differently to how I was. Uh, so like in the Asian culture, males are the favoured sex um, compared to females. Mm -hmm. And I felt he um, was quite sports and got it good with my parents. But with me, it was a different story. Um, and I guess because back then I didn't have much respect for my dad, particularly when I knew he had a sex addiction and he was cheating behind my mum and that really torn me apart and I just had absolutely no respect for him. Um, but I guess now, uh, for me, I work with my, me and my mum. That's the relationship that's important to me in, my, in terms of family and that I'm working with right now is that we have a communication problem. My Chinese is not that great and her English is not that great. And sometimes it's really hard for me to express myself, what's bothering me about her. And uh, it's only twice that I was able to give her a letter in Chinese. And I asked people who I know who can write in Chinese to help me translate my letter. And I find every time that I've give her, given her a letter, you know, uh, one last month and one when I was 26, when I started to do self-development, I've realized her behavior and her attitude towards me has changed. And I greatly appreciate how well receptive she was to my letters because my letters, if you were a mom reading it from your own daughter, that's not easy to read the things that I'll be sharing about the past traumas that I've experienced with the domestic violence, um, me being a financial parent to her at the age of 20 um, when nobody wanted to pay the mortgage. Um, to uh, be her cash cow uh, in my early 20s, to um, be ex sexually abused by her brother, like, and, you know, for not being a role model for me, for being a healthy, conscious, confident woman. Um, and, yeah, to allow me to be myself, stop criticising me, stop, stop suppressing me because you're not helping me to grow. And I had to express that in that letter. And uh, when we met up, which was last weekend, her, like, she was just so different around me. She didn't criticize me. She accepted me for as I am. She wasn't smothering me. And she was happy to offer to pay for our lunch and to give me red pocket. So I feel very grateful how receptive and open she is to um, rebuild our relationship together. That's great because it'd be ideal if you could work it out in this lifetime and then you won't have another one to work it out in. That takes me to family constellations as well. You know, I don't know what your beliefs are, but if we do come into this lifetime with family members, very close family members, we have an agreement that they are going to um, heal something within you, whether it's a tough love or, you know, a terrible conflict or situation, you're both working at healing each other's requirements in some way. Definitely. And I also do constellations. Oh, okay. <laughs> as a part of my work as well. I love constellations. It's a great insight into your blind spots or things that you need to be more aware of. Uh, I love constellations. It's quite healing. 
And so hence, this is why you've created this incredible business called Life in Confidence. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I feel like my business is ever growing because I'm also ever growing. I'm also learning um, different skill sets. I'm also evolving as a human being and as a soul and the experiences, you could say setbacks rather than negative experiences because we can easily perceive them as negative if we're feeling the pain or the struggle. But I see it as a setback um, or a roadblock to where we need to be. And uh, I feel like the more I evolve myself through self-development, you could say, the more I become a lot more conscious of my triggers and my reactivity and how can I respond things better and to allow myself just to feel, you know, that discomfort and allow myself to process that. And once I'm able to reach a neutral realization emotionally and energetically, then I ask myself the question, you know, what can I learn from this experience? So, yeah. I try and do that as well. And I try and not react. Sometimes, you know, we are, we live in our humanness. So sometimes I, I slip, slip off the, slip off the track a little bit, but um, it's a wonderful way to live. And I think the more you practice it, the less reactive you come to certain situations. Yeah, definitely. Even if you feel the emotions, you can observe them and say, Oh, okay, this is showing up for me, but it doesn't mean I have to engage at their level mm. or be aggressive or react. And it's a wonderful way of thinking of what can I learn from this? And again, you, you know, you're such a powerful, confident woman, but you know, it's taking responsibility. Like you said, you know, your big moment when you had a hundred dollars in the bank, I created this. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'm, I'm in a way better place now because I've changed my belief system and the way I see money is completely different to how I saw money in the past. And I understand why I was in that situation because I've subscribed to the beliefs that money is hard. Money is scarce. Um, I have to bust my ass to get money. I have to hustle. I have to, um, you know, overworked myself and slaughter myself just for money to be a slave for money and that my own existence holds nothing, no, no meaning at all. And that's what I've learned about money because that's what I've witnessed with my parents, how they survived and how they had to work so hard in the markets and in the warehouse carrying heavy boxes of tools. Um, and so doing the work on myself, I've realised that, you know, that's not true. That's, that's the values and beliefs of my parents. But for me, the way I see money now is completely different. I see money is um, effortless. It comes to you when you are ready to receive that it isn't hard work. Um, if you want to be in the energy of abundance, you have to be super grateful because as um, Dr. Joe says, that gratitude is the highest state of receivership. If you're not grateful, then how can you be open to receiving? You just push things away. And that's the same with love as well. People say they want love. They want a relationship. They want um, to find their soulmate and have this um, amazing experience. But at the same time, they push love away because they're not ready to be vulnerable. They're not ready to receive. They're just not ready. And that's the thing that I had to learn to let go of is to learn to 
lower the intensity of my masculine energy, the do, 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 and go, 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 and really cultivate and nurture the power in feminine energy where there is so much magic when you create your life from a place of space and expansion and stillness. And that requires great humility to do that. Yes. I know I'm going to get a lot of questions about this and this is two major, major topics in people's lives, relationships and money. (laughs) Can you explain a little bit more about having that abundance mindset and how to um, attract more financial abundance to your life? I believe that you need to start recognizing or write down the list of what are the beliefs that you have about money and abundance? What are the faulty um, beliefs that you subscribe to from your family of origin or your parents um, where money comes across as scarce or how you live in poverty? Um, Because I'm so aware that um, it's really important for me to balance my energy because I know if I go too masculine, I can work myself to the ground, I can feel exhausted, and I block myself from receiving. Uh, That's the first step. Recognize your beliefs that you subscribe to from your family dynamics. The second is really meditate on what are the beliefs that are true to you when it comes to money because meditation is a really great way to really be with yourself, to be present And when you are still with yourself, that's when the answers come to you. And those answers are what comes from, I guess you could say your higher self or what comes from your intuition or your heart, you know, that feel good feeling. You really got to sit still with yourself to um, receive those messages. And then it's about taking action where you feel that would create abundance in your life. So what sort of actions can you take? So is it cleaning out your wallet, your wardrobe, your your home that is cluttered with a lot of stuff that you don't need because that could be a sign of scarcity, hoarding things because it, there's never enough. I've got to hold on to things and there's emotional attachment to that. So that could be one thing. Um, and in Feng Shui, they say, you know, when you have... Um, an open space you have an open mind so you don't want to fill your life with clutter whether it's the car your wallet your bag the office all these kind of things another thing is uh, do things that feels right for you and that requires a great um, practice because our of our faulty beliefs or our resistances or our fears will show up and overwhelm us. No, we can't do that. No, it's not safe to express yourself. Uh, No, if I was to be vulnerable, I feel like I would be humiliated for who I am. All these things come up, but it's like, okay, yes, I feel the discomfort, but I respect my truth far more than my own fears and resistances because those fears and resistances are designed to keep you safe, are designed to keep you stuck in your comfort zone. But when you honor what's inside of you, that's when you feel the expansion in your abundance. So for example, uh, for me to feel abundant, then I wouldn't have to be so attached to money. I wouldn't have to be so calculative. Yes, we live in a three-dimensional world, but it doesn't mean that we have to be frugal and we 
don't have to be um, spending money ruthlessly either. We have to have a healthy, loving relationship with money. So having the consciousness, okay, what feels right for me? Does it feel right for me to spend money um, at a cafe, at this cafe? Does it feel right for me to purchase this? You've got to really ask yourself the question, does it feel right? And if it doesn't, if you feel like you don't need it, then don't get it. But if you feel like, yes, like it lights you up, yes, um, it, would feel, it would make me feel so good if I get this essential oil. Yes, I feel my body is aching for a remedial massage. I feel like I need it now. And I feel for me, creating abundance is very intuitive because if you want abundance in your life, it's an energetic um, thing. It's where you are, you know, radiating abundance by connecting with your higher self or connecting with your heart energy. And when you radiate that heart energy, you draw in opportunities, clients, uh, people in your life or money <clears throat> where people are feel drawn to you because they like the energy that you're vibrating. And so to be in that energy of abundance, you need to cultivate self-love. This is why I'm saying you have to be intuitive in what you want to spend or purchase. If it feels right for you, don't get something if it doesn't feel right for you. If you feel like, oh, yes, for me to get um, this, like to get my hair done, to get that massage, to get those essential oils or to go to this um, vegan cafe, whatever it is, right, that makes you feel good. That was explained really well. And I just wanted to move on to the, you know, love. There's so many people, you know, looking for their soulmate or partners. How do you attract, in your opinion? I mean, I've got the idea that I come to the belief that, you know, it comes down to self-love first and you touched on it. But if you wouldn't mind explaining, how does one attract love in their life? They have to radiate love within themselves. Um, it's as simple as that. But in practical terms, so many of us struggle with self-love and radiating that kind of love to magnetize um, their soulmate or their partner. And I work with a lot of um, single men uh, who are looking for a partner, but I could see how much resistance they have to their own vulnerability because when you can access your vulnerability, you can access all sorts of emotions. But the emotion that you want to tap into is the emotional pain and behind that emotional pain is shame and shame is the blocker to love it's the polar opposite vibration to love it's the bottom of the bottom and if we are stuck in shame all the time then we're not vibrating at a level of love so it requires great vulnerability and humility to go there to go into the shame and to let go uh, what are the faulty beliefs that you have about yourself that makes you feel ashamed of yourself? And when you can do that, that's when you can start vibrating at a level of love. Another thing that we can do is have a self-care routine. And uh, I believe a lot of people have heard about this self-care, this self-care movement. And I feel that with self-care, it's not, like a lot of people make it as if it's this regimented uh, routine that I'm going to do this, this, this in my morning yes. and I've got to do this, this at the, night. The scrub and the exfoliation every year. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, not like a 
like someone's routine may not work best for you. For me, I've tried different things and I've taken on advices from different coaches, you know, in terms of what you should do in your self-care routine. And I've realized, you know what, I don't feel connected to this. I don't feel I want to do this. So for me, the way I do it is I use my intuition to show me what is it that I need for me to feel full. And sometimes that could be meditation. Sometimes it's using the roller to roll on my back and release any tension there. Uh, it could be um, going for a walk. It could be setting an intention for my day. So it's different because my, what I feel could be different every single day. Sometimes it's consistent. I love that way of expressing it. That's true for me personally, you know, my self-care is going to going to yoga because, you know, I'm grateful to have the time to do it um, and the capability to do it or going for a swim or, as you said, meditating. It doesn't have to be, you know, cleaning the physical body because self-care is not only about the physical body. It's the mind yeah. and spirit as well. So you express that really well. Thank you. You talk about personality readings. What Would you mind explaining that? Yes, yeah, sure thing. Uh, so with personality readings, so at my workshops, uh, I do a body reading on my clients. And uh, with personality readings, it's about understanding, there are five different personalities or archetypes, should I say. And each personality has different life lessons, different setbacks in their archetype, they have different strengths and abilities that enables them to be very capable in their life. And the reason why they're different, it's because they have experienced different kinds of trauma at different ages of their life. So uh, I'm just trying to think of celebrity that I could share. When, and also I just want to reiterate, when you say trauma, it doesn't have to be a significant trauma. It's just traumatic for them in their evolution and development yes that's correct yes so uh for example hmm, I'm trying to think of celebrity uh let's see so where does where does this um analysis come from this analysis comes from uh one of the psychiatrists Wilkem Reich and um, Cal Jung. So those psychiatrists back then, they're European psychiatrists. Uh, they talk about uh, trauma. They talk about character structure, and um, they go into really deep detail and to the language that you weren't able to understand. But what they were able to identify is that with psychology. Um, you know, when you have a one-to-one -one session, just vocally, um, they notice that there is energy that a client is holding on to that is not allowing them to move forward. So they know that, you know, people store trauma in their bodies. It's not just the mind, there's more. So they went deeper and worked together how ahead in their time, how they can help clients and they did things like body work. So that's what I do as well. So body work, you could say it's like a massage, but you put different pressure points on different body parts and you will get a different reaction where there's trauma stored. So if I was to put pressure, let's say uh, for someone who thinks a lot and I put pressure on the temples, right? 
and they feel a lot of pain, it's because they're overthinking. If I put pressure on the neck area, that means, and there's a lot of pain, that means they they like to be in control because they never felt safe in their own environment. Um, the back of the heart, that's about recepti re receptivity. So I guess, you know, another way to help with abundance is to massage the back of the heart to receive. The front of the heart is about giving. So uh, different body parts represent different feelings and different things in terms of trauma. Um, I guess coming back with the personality reading, uh, for example, Miranda Kerr. So she is a high achiever and she is a doer. She's like a go, go, go. She wants the best. She's all about quality, not quantity. And she thrives on success and nothing will stop her. With her, she is a perfectionist, but in a realistic way. So she's a perfectionist in the sense that she wants to give um, great quality in her products. And um, she only nourishes her temple with the best of the best. So with the high achiever archetype uh, with Miranda Kerr, that their setbacks in life is that they can be very superficial, um, they don't like rejection, they're afraid of uh, real deep love and keep things on the surface. Uh, so they look perfect on the outside, but on the inside, they may not feel that way. So uh, with that trauma, it comes from rejection of the opposite sex parent at the age of four to seven. How so interesting. So with the rejection, that's about feeling brokenhearted by their dad, most likely from their dad at a very young age. And so as they grow up, it's not easy for them to open up their hearts to people because there's this fear. So their biggest fear is being rejected. So what they need to do is because they have such an open sexual energy. So people with open sexual energy, but a close heart energy. So they would easily attract first dates, one night stands. It's not hard for them to attract the opposite sex um, into their life or a relationship or anything like that. But what's hard for them is to combine their sexual energy with their heart energy. And it's hard for them to have an open heart when it comes to relationships. So that's the struggle for them. And so what they need to learn and their life lesson is that I can love. I can love. That, that was <laughs> explained really well. Oh my God, this always happens in my interviews. It was my next question. How do you connect your sexual energy to your heart? I know you talk about that. That's a really great question. Uh, there's a way to do it and it's through core energetics and breath work. So uh, you can even do this if you're in a relationship as well. Uh, there's a beautiful way of doing that. It's hard to explain that, um, I guess, in a podcast. It's sure. easy to demonstrate it um, visually. But my suggestion is if you want to connect your heart and sexual energy, you've got to um, understand core energetics and breath work. And when you can do that, you would be able to do that on your own. And if you're in a relationship or married, you can do that with your partner. And it's a really beautiful um, experience when you can do that with your partner because you open up your heart even more in a very intimate and energetic 
level. And I'm sure there's so much research that people could do online, but does that also relate to Tantra? Tantric practices are similar in some way? Uh, I haven't even done Tantra before. So I've learned that that sort of stuff I've learned from core energetics. Okay. Very interesting. And um, very, very interesting. And you've got a couple of workshops coming up that sound fascinating. Awaken your radiance, set your world on fire retreat and your greatest potential. I love the names. (laughs) Thank you. So for those who are interested, um, I guess, how they can start igniting their sexual and heart energy together and uh, looking for, you know, uh, I guess, their potential love partner, I have uh, Be Your Grace Potential and the theme is about relationships. So I have that coming up. And I guess uh, the difference between my other programs, the retreat is about trauma release. So it's um, an individualized process session in the Blue Mountains where we create an experience that is holding you back. So for some people, and um, for some people, it's to do with their parents. So there's something unfinished business that they have with their parents, um, perhaps not in the physical level, but in the emotional, traumatic, energetic level that they're not able to let go of. We create that experience where they first felt traumatized. And it's a, it's a very space, safe space that I create uh, because of the work that we do to prep to that level. And that person will... Uh, experience emotional freedom when they are able to confront that situation um, as an adult. And the results that I see is just amazing. I had this one male client who came to the retreat and he said that, um, you know, I know I'm the tallest and biggest guy in the room, but, you know, are there any locks with the bedrooms? I'm actually, <laughs> yeah. That was his response when he first came to the retreat. That was the first thing he said to me. Um, And I'm like, wow, this guy is very anxious. He's socially anxious, but there's a reason why. And then when we, um, the next day, when we did the trauma release work, he did a 180. He was like, oh my goodness. He was like connecting with people. He was chirpy, bubbly. He was chatty. I'm like, wow, he's really changed. And I had another, I had a female who did the retreat and we did a process of her and her ex because that was the most recent and traumatic thing that she's experienced. And when she was able to unleash the killer in her, that hatred that she has towards herself and her ex, she felt she was just going through a purification process where she was vomiting, that that's actually a sign that you're releasing grief. So when people vomit or feel nauseous, that means they've stuffed down a lot of grief and they're releasing it through vomiting. So she was going through a very deep purification process. And at the end of it, after she recovered, she felt so radiant and so free. And she felt like she can feel the love that she has within herself because she's no longer stuck in the past and playing pity me victim. So that's the retreat. It's a really powerful experience. And Awaken Your Radiance program, that's a three-Saturday program with combination of group coaching and individual coaching, as well as um, a lot of energy work and trauma release where you're letting go of sexual shame because that forms your identity and your uh, power as a person. So if you're stuck in sexual shame, 
um, you know, as an authority or influence in your business or in the workplace or even in the dating game, you're not seen as, you're not taken seriously and people would feel disengaged and disconnected because you're not owning your sexual power. Uh, the other things in Awakening Radiance is facing your shadow, starting to face and let go of what's not in truth with you. Uh, the, the past experiences that's created this reality that you're living that you don't want to live anymore. So we'll be doing trauma release experiences on that. And then the last Saturday is about how can you start creating your life as a creator through a place of abundance and love. And for someone to be at that place, they need to start doing the shadow work first. So then they, so it becomes a lot more easier for them to tap into that space of love and abundance. I need all of those workshops. <laughs> they sound amazing. <laughs> for anyone that wants to contact you, your details will be in the show notes or go to life. It's lifeinconfidence.com. Yes, that's correct. Wonderful. So I always like to ask my guests on the show, if someone wants to follow, we've kind of touched on this, but if someone's looking to follow the, their passion or something that they love, and they, I guess they're probably in a fear state, what would you recommend? What are your top tips to follow your passion? Really listen to yourself. Really listen to yourself. I don't mean about what's going on in your head. I mean, really listen to what your heart desires because that's where passion comes from. It doesn't come from your head. It comes from your heart. It's an emotive feeling. Um, for me, I've discovered my passion when I hit my rock bottom because that's where I got a realization, oh my God, people need this because I know how they feel. Like I've awakened myself to that reality. So it's about really tuning in and connecting to what does your heart desire because that's where passion comes from and really listen to it and follow that desire and see where it takes you and don't be afraid of it. Great answer. Thank you so much, Jess, for being on Passion Harvest. My pleasure. Thank you for having it me It was on. a pleasure. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.